everybody. It is December 11th, 2018, and you are listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Eisledyke, and while on the main show, we like to talk about car news, car culture, and car whatever. On these shorter episodes, we kind of do a little bit more of a shorter, sometimes admittedly longer format, uh, where we talk about car stuff that's going on, something that's bothering me or something that maybe just popped up in the news that deserves a little bit more of a deep dive. Nevertheless, uh, it is the end of the year, I guess, everywhere in the world. And like most other things that go on, everything gets a list. Some kind of of the year nomination process goes on, so on and so forth. And sparing you the 17 hours of press coverage that something like Giant Bomb would give to their of the year process, I just figured I would run down a list of vehicles that debuted and began to be sold in 2018 uh, that do have the 2018 model year designation uh, that I think were really important and are worth talking about that might not be on that best of the year list in every possible circumstance. We'll talk a bit about the car that I do think is truly the car of the year, and then I might talk about one that I think should be the car of the year, even though it is nowhere close to being on anyone's list uh, for that. So, after a fun little musical interlude, we'll talk about the first car that I've got on my list of five for 2018. Well, kicking things off at number five, it is the Nissan Kicks. Uh, the Nissan Kicks has been a favorite car of mine for 2018. You've heard me talk a lot about it on this podcast, and I really think it is deserving of a lot more attention than what it has gotten from much of the automotive press. Um, if you missed the boat on the episode a while back, the Nissan Kicks is based on the same platform as the Nissan Versa Note hatchback. Um, it kind of takes the place of where the Juke was in the lineup uh, in previous years, and overall it comes off as a tall hatchback that's almost a crossover, but not quite, and it kind of hits me in that weird middle ground where I find it to be an overall useful shape. It is not offensive in its pandering to the crossover market, but still kind of rubs me the wrong way uh, when it comes to the, the crossoverification, uh, if that's a word yet, of the entire marketplace. What I like most about the Kicks, though, is that it is a very lightweight vehicle. Uh, the car was initially designed for the Brazilian market, where cars need to be as fuel-efficient as possible. They need to be cheap. And uh, the Kicks is very much that. Um, the good news is, is that while one does start around $18,000, give or take, fully loaded, all of the option boxes checked on the top trim model. You're getting out the door for less than 24 grand. So figure with tax and all that other stuff for just over 25 grand. That's a steal in the marketplace today. Uh, the thing will average well over 30 miles per gallon between city and highway driving. Uh, it is very comfortable to drive. It's actually fun to drive, which I think is something that's lacking in a lot of small well, large, tall hatchbacks or small crossovers, whichever way you want to classify it. Um, but it is engaging, at the very least. If you don't like CVTs, well, you're kind of bum out of luck with the kicks. There's no manual transmission, and that's fine. But 
considering that you get Apple CarPlay and Android Auto standard, you get a lot of pretty decent safety technology standard. I would like to have a little bit more out of Nissan uh, in particular. Not having, uh, what do they call it, the, not necessarily autopilot, the uh, car pilot assist, par pro pilot assist, there we go, available in the car. Seems a little weird. There's no radar cruise control, but it has everything else. So it's strange that that's not an option quite yet. Um, even at $25,000, if it were to have that, I think it would be a pretty darn good deal. Um, one feature I'd like to call out on this car is that the seats are incredibly comfortable. Uh, they have this really interesting material that they use that's kind of got this futuristic cyberpunky vibe to it. Um, it just kind of smacks of like a mid-90s Japanese crossover-y type thing. Like, I don't know, it, it, this feels like an older Japanese car in the best way possible, and that's kind of fun and exciting. So if you've got, uh, you know, you're looking to buy a new car, you want something that's fuel efficient, you want some decent amount of space uh, behind the rear seats, I think the Kicks is a standout option in the segment. Um, you know, comparing it to other cars that it would compete against, like the Hyundai Kona, you know, the Hyundai's a little bit bigger, but the fuel efficiency is definitely worse. Um, there's really not much else in the segment that kind of competes with it, at least in terms of shape and size. Maybe the Fiat 500L, but you wouldn't catch me dead with an FCA product like that. It's basically a ticking time bomb when it comes to reliability. At least the Nissan will run for a long time. So, Nissan Kicks, you get fifth place in my Car of the Year podcast. So coming in at number four, it is the 2018 Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV. That is a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. Now, normally the Mitsubishi Outlander wouldn't come anywhere close to a car of the year list, as it's not exactly the best crossover in any way, shape, or form. But adding this smart extremely popular EV lineup or EV model to Mitsubishi's lineup makes it a strong contender uh, just because it has gone so far beyond what any other brand is offering right now. Uh, this model was one of the top selling EVs uh, in Europe and Asia for many, many years, uh, in particular in the UK, if I remember correctly. And here in the United States, uh, it's finally here. And what you're basically getting is Think of it kind of as the same kind of EV system that the Chevrolet Volt uses, where it has uh, an onboard battery that is big enough to propel the vehicle for a short number of miles, and then the gasoline engine can fire up to maintain or add electric juice to the battery to get you where you need to go. And at highway speeds, the gas engine can be engaged to drive the vehicle uh, so that you're not burning through the juice too fast. Uh, in the case of the Outlander PHEV, well, you're getting about 20-ish miles of range. It is a pretty small battery that's on board. I think it's less than 20 kilowatt hours, so teeny tiny. Um, but 20-ish miles of range in a large SUV, especially you, if you live in a congested city, um, that's not too shabby. And considering that the battery is so small, you can top it off from zero to 100% on a level two charger in a little over three hours, which is next to nothing. So you go see a new motion picture like that new Avengers movie that's coming out in 2019, there's a good chance that you're gonna go from zero to full uh, while you're sitting there waiting for Thanos to uh, get defeated. But 
Nevertheless, it is an SUV that comes with a lot of bells and whistles standard. There's ap adaptive radar cruise control, all the lane keeping assist. It's got a really trick all-wheel drive system that can send power front to back, side to side, that uh, can get you out of trouble and actually be relatively capable off-road. Uh, there's plenty of space for you and the kids and their shit, which is always a great fu uh, function to have. But really, it comes down to price. Uh, for a little over 25 grand, uh, you can get yourself one of these Outlanders. Uh, they have incentives out the door that will drive it even lower. You get the federal tax breaks, all that stuff. It's really a solid deal. If you're dead set on getting a midsize crossover, but you also don't want to damage the environment uh, any further than it needs to be, this is a sensible option if you don't drive far each day. Um, you know, you do, will have to remember to charge it as often as possible, but considering the kind of money that you would save on a car like this that gets 75 miles per gallon uh, electric, however you want to do that conversion type thing. I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of people and it definitely deserves a shout out on this list. Well, given how much I've talked about quasi crossovers and hybrids and electric vehicles in 2018, it really shouldn't be a surprise that the Kia Nero has made the list at number three. I really find the Nero to be one of the most compelling new cars that are on sale today simply because it manages to walk such a fine line between so many different segments all while offering as much technology, fuel efficiency, and quality that you can get for the price. Uh, really for less than 25 grand you can get a pretty nicely equipped Nero that gets a combined 50 miles per gallon and comfortably seats four people, five people with their stuff, uh, which I can't think of a single other car in this segment that would do the same kind of thing for that kind of money. Um, if you haven't seen a Nero up and close in person, it is a really good looking car, uh, both front and back. Uh, perhaps the only gripe I may have is that it is a little too subdued in describing that it is a hybrid, um, but that's kind of the point. Kia wants you to buy this thing because it is kind of a crossover that gets good gas mileage, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, it's got that wonderful infotainment system that's shared across Kia and Hyundai vehicles, which means it's Apple CarPlay and Android Auto compatible. It comes with standard dual zone climate control that can focus just on the driver to be a little more efficient on the battery. Uh, the car itself has a really trick dual clutch uh, gearbox system that mates the gasoline engine, the electric propulsion, all that together. It works seamlessly, at least based on my drive of the Hyundai Ioniq, of which it shares a platform with. It is just a great small car. Perhaps one caveat that I would have is that the fuel efficiency does drop pretty significantly when you move up the trim levels and add more options. Uh, you know, your definition of what is the best fuel economy may vary. And, you know, while the upper 40 mile per gallon range is still very good when it's capable of over 50 miles per gallon, you really don't want to drop that off too much. Um, but really, I mean, for the money... You know, for twenty-three dollars to $25,000, it really smacks as a incredible value in the marketplace. And I couldn't think of too many other cars I would rather spend that kind of money on. 
What is interesting when you start thinking about it, though, is how the Nissan Kicks is about 23 grand, which is right around the entry point of a baseline Nero. And while the Nero has similar standard features to that of the Nissan, uh, that fuel economy difference really is a big jump when you consider that it's 20 miles per gallon more that you're going to be getting with Hyundai, or excuse me, the Kia versus uh, the Nissan. So, Depending on where you're at in the marketplace, it might be the better deal. I think the Kicks is a little more fun to drive. I think it would be a little bit more entertaining to live with day to day. Um, but, you know, if you're someone who's really interested in fuel efficiency and making sure that you're doing the best thing you can do for the environment, uh, the Nero is it. And kind of while we're on the Nero subject, uh, we will probably talk about after I pick the final car, uh, the things that I'm looking most forward to in 2019, and that is definitely the EV Nero and the EV Hyundai Kona. Uh, those cars are going to knock stuff out of the park. So at number three, the Kia Nero Hybrid. So coming in at number two, it's something that it is the exact opposite of the Kia Nero, and that is the Ram 1500, which is all new for 2018. Uh, Ram really went all out on this pickup truck, and it is evident in every sense of measure uh, from the exterior styling, the interior quality, uh, the technology that's been added to the engine and the infotainment system. Uh, really, this truck is leagues ahead of what it uh, replaced and is also just that little bit ahead of where Ford and GM are at to, I think, arguably make this the best pickup truck that's on sale right now. Uh, what changed? Well, it's an all-new platform. It's an all-new body style. Uh, Ram is leaving behind the Freightliner semi-truck styling that previous Dodge-designed 1500s have had. It is uh, very good-looking. It's restrained in its masculinity, and yet it adds some... I would going to use the word feminine here, feminine touches in design that are smart and elegant, uh, both outside and in, uh, that really make it stand out compared to the competition. I know that the Silverado is polarizing. I think it's a good-looking truck. Personally, uh, I think the F-150 has not evolved enough in the past decade. Uh, so this Ram really just jets ahead of both in terms of looks. Uh, going into the interior, you can tell that Fiat spent money designing this thing to be nice in a really good way. Upper trim models are a luxury car good when it comes to quality and refinement, uh, which can't always be said of similarly priced GM and Ford pickup trucks. Uh, it's one person who I was listening to on one automotive podcast or podcast said that the interior quality of a top trim uh, Ram actually exceeds that of a Maserati he had driven just before that. And he was blown away by that fact. But when you consider that outside of Ferrari, uh, the bread at FCA is buttered by Jeep and Ram, it really doesn't come as a huge surprise that they would make this the best in class pickup truck that they could do. Uh, speaking of technology that gets applied to the powertrain, uh, FCA went about hybridizing the standard 3.6 liter V6. Uh, it's a mild hybrid setup that adds a little bit of torque 
to the uh, engine when necessary, but otherwise runs the accessory drives uh, for the vehicle. Uh, that hybrid system can be added to the Hemi V8 if you want, but the standard V8 is a Hemi V8, and that means it's a good enough V8. On a personal note, I would much rather have a Chevy small block than any of the other powertrains that are out there for the most part, but that Hemi V8's a damn good alternative. Uh, yeah, I, there's not much more that can really be said there. Uh, Infotainment-wise, they've added Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. It's got a beautiful 12-inch touchscreen that's optional. Think uh, something more along the lines of the units that are in the Volvos that are out there today. Not quite as big as what's in a Tesla Model S. But really, this truck is just refined in a way that I don't think is matched anywhere in the pickup truck game. Uh, outside of maybe the new Ford Ranger, I don't think you're going to get one that's laid out in quite a car-like way. I don't think you're going to see uh, the kind of effort that was put into making smart decisions about the overall design of the vehicle uh, really in any other pickup truck that's out there right now. I think really until we get a new Toyota Tacoma, I don't think we're going to get anything that's this shockingly new and different in any way. Uh, the Silverado really kind of is eating dirt in this situation. And while the GMC Sierra might escape uh, some of that criticism because it is a nice-looking truck, it still looks like an F-150, and that's not the best place to be. So, yeah, number two, Ram 1500. And coming in at number one... I don't think this should be a surprise because I think this is maybe the car that I've talked the most about in every episode of the Salvage Shuttle podcast in 2018. It's the Tesla Model 3. Uh, we waited a very long time for this car to come out, and while there were some squiggles, wiggles, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to production capacity, quality, execution, refinement... Uh, technology. <laughs> There's a lot to go wrong with the Model 3, uh, but nothing I don't think can hold a candle to it when it comes to how important of a car it is. Keep in mind that Tesla's been around barely more than a decade. Uh, they started off with a Lotus Elise base EV. Uh, they transitioned to a large luxury sedan that has become the most ubiquitous car, I would say, with the state of California these days. And they've launched a small, small-ish, a mid-sized sedan for $50,000 that gets almost 300 miles of range, uh, that suits the majority of people that would need to buy it, and they're everywhere. Uh, I feel like I see a Model 3 almost every day now when I go to work, and that is just absolutely fantastic to see that happen. Um, there's a lot of controversy about the Tesla Model 3, and I think that is going to always be kind of the hallmark of Tesla, no matter how good or bad a new vehicle is. Um, you know, they, they haven't exactly hit the nail on the head yet when it comes to quality control. Um, there are models that have doors that don't function correctly. Um, so coming in at number one, uh, I really don't feel like there is a car that I've talked about more in 2018. Uh, it comes from a brand that's been around a little more than a decade. They build all of their vehicles in one factory in one corner of the United States, and they spread them all over the world. They're about to launch in Europe, uh, and it's a very exciting time to be a fan of electric vehicles. 
The Tesla Model 3, I think, kind of stands out head and shoulders above a lot of other cars uh, to be car of the year simply because it is a forward-thinking model uh, in a time where so many car companies and so many car buyers are jumping at the chance to look backward at what they want to buy, what kind of fuel they're going to use, so on and so forth. And it is just refreshing to have such a new car with fresh ideas uh, available in 2018. That being said, the Tesla Model 3 has not been without its problems. Uh, between production capacity issues, uh, problems with delivery, uh, the tax credits running out for Tesla, uh, everything from really not so good quality control and some refinement issues, uh, your personal outlook on the Model 3 is really going to come down to how you feel a new car should be. And when I say new car, I don't necessarily mean a fresh car that just ran off the line at any given factory, but a new car as in a car that is full of new ideas, new technology, new approaches to the way that we drive. And I can't really think of a better car to sit at number one. Uh, where I'm going kind of with the new car attitude is really uh, something that I think is going to be a thing that our generation, when I say our generation, the millennial generation and Generation Z are going to be dealing with at an extrapolated rate. Um, our parents, you know, things worked for our parents because they were, for the most part, still analog and they cling to that analog idea. And when, you know, your cell phone is now the key to your car on the Model 3, you know, we go, there's going to be hiccups, there's going to be signal issues, there's going to be uh, some weird hiccups that happen with the car from time to time. We're willing to work with the technology as it continues to grow on the car versus someone like my dad, where it doesn't work once, well, I may as well sell the damn thing because I can't get into my fucking car. Uh, it's, it's going to be an ongoing process, and I think that's also what's exciting about Teslas across the board, is that so much of the car can be tweaked via a software update. It doesn't always have to have the hardware replaced in order to still be a very good, very relevant, new, in air quotes, car, even though it rolled off the assembly line years ago. Uh, the Model 3 still has a bit of work left in it. Uh, the caveat I think I would have to placing it at number one is that it is the extended range model that's out there right now in most people's hands. A mid-range, in air quotes, model comes out uh, pretty soon that has a slightly reduced rate, uh, but Tesla is still mum on when the $35,000 uh, narrow-ranged vehicle will be coming out uh, in the near future. Uh, I still think it's going to be a little while. Tesla has repeatedly said that it is about economies of scale. If I'm a betting man, they're waiting on China uh, to open up that factory to have these tariffs go away. And I, I think we're, we might have some Chinese-built Teslas here in the U.S. in the not-too-distant future that might be that $35,000 model. Uh, other things to note about the car, well, there's really not much. I mean... You know, you don't get access to the supercharger network. It is more or less a true EV model compared to the Model S. Um, it's the kind of experiment or experience that you would get buying a Chevrolet Bolt or the new Kona EV or anything else. Um, it's a normal car. And I think that's really what makes it a good car is that you're not 
overblown with the Tesla craziness in every facet of the vehicle. Yes, there is that floating tablet in the middle with no physical buttons in the car, really, to speak of, which is kind of crazy, but also super cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I can't think of any other car to put as number one in the true uh, sense of journalistic intent for 2018. So last up, and as promised, uh, the card that I feel deserves to be car of the year, even though it really shouldn't be car of the year on anybody's list. Um, there's a lot of darkness in our world today, and you know, as much as there are some budding signs of light between Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer telling Trump to basically fuck off today while they were meeting, or uh, Ariana Grande and her lovely voice and talented music composition, perhaps the occasional good dog or a quesalupa at Taco Bell. Uh, there's not much going on that's super great, but there is one car that stands out uh, head and shoulders above anything else in the segment right now for me, uh, and that is the Lexus LC500. Uh, I can't think of a car that is more shocking to me that it exists, that people buy them, and that people drive them. Uh, the marketplace is flooded with crossovers and SUVs. Uh, the marketplace is flooded with hybrids and EVs. By all intents and purposes, Toyota should not have made this car. They should have spent the money that they used making this to develop God knows what else for anything in their brand. Maybe they should have spent this money to get the Toyota Supra out the door. I don't know. But this car sheds everything that's going on in the marketplace today. It is just an incredible effort when it comes to engineering, into beauty, into capability, and just restraint on the behalf of Lexus and Toyota, where they could have made this thing a monster, snaggletooth RC follow-up that just didn't please anybody. Uh, they could have gone balls to the wall, had done something like the LFA from a decade ago, but instead, they came up with some kind of compromise. It's a car that can be driven every day by most people and enjoyed, and it is a rewarding experience from behind the wheel. It's comfortable uh, if you're in the passenger seat. Uh, I, it's just one of the most amazing cars that are on the road today. I am in love with the LC in a way that I have not been in love with a car, perhaps with exception to the C6 Corvette when I was of age uh, at that time frame. Um, I mean, this is, it's just perfect to me in every way. And that being said, I know that it's not a car for everybody. It is a $100,000 luxury sport coupe. Uh, it is sport only in the instance that it is a two-door car with a front V8 engine and rear-wheel drive. Uh, it is a coupe only in the sense that it is a two-doored vehicle. It is massive by comparison to many other cars out on the road today. Uh, it is heinous and when it comes to its use of leather in the interior but i'll be damned if it's not one of the most beautifully executed interiors i've ever been in uh 
holy shit, if you ever get a chance to sit in an LC500 or go for a ride, do it. It is one of the best choices my ass has ever made touching a seat. Um, I would... I shouldn't say that I would kill to own an LC. Um, I would do some very bad things to own and drive an LC every day. Uh, it is a car that is worth way more attention from way more people, even though almost no one can afford one. Uh, so, yes, my spiritual car of the year in 2018, the Lexus LC 500. That was a list of cars from Salvage Title for 2018 that I think are worth more attention, are deserving of some Car of the Year uh, noise, even if one was a very, very personal choice. Uh, but we do have a lot to look forward to going into 2019. And as I said, uh, with one of the cars that I mentioned, the Kia Niro EV and the Hyundai Kona EV in particular, I think are the ones to look out for going into next year. Uh, these cars are just the same as what you see on the road today with a few subtle tweaks to the overall interior layout and execution. Uh, but what you're getting is a big ass battery underneath the car with some very clever design elements uh, the, at least according to Kia and Hyundai, are going to get very close to 300 miles of electric range uh, in every, well, at least the upper trim levels of these vehicles. They will make cheaper, more affordable ones available as well. But the key thing is that these long-range EV models are going to start a little over $30,000. And so with tax incentives from the federal government, from the state government, and from your local government, uh, you might be able to get one of these things for pennies on the dollar. Uh, these are 200 horsepower electric bottle rockets uh, that do everything that a normal car will do and more, and I could not be more excited to say that the future is 100% here with these two models launching in 2019. Uh, other 2019 models to look forward to, well, there is a new Porsche 911 on the way. It is the 992 model. I have always said that I am a very closeted 911 fan, uh, even though most people know about it. Uh, always cool to look forward to a new Porsche 911. Uh, is this thing going to be closer to the 997, the last of the air quote true Porsches before Volkswagen intervened? I don't know. It's still going to have the turbocharged flat sixes, uh, but if any indication is true from the 991.2 or 0.5 or whatever you want to call it, uh, I think this is going to be a damn good car. Uh, other 2019 models look forward to the Veloster N, uh, should be hitting the streets now-ish here in the U.S., um, but it is a 2019 model nevertheless. I would love to take one for a ride, uh, if I ever get the chance to. Um, it sounds like it is a snap, crackle, and pop sounding four-cylinder turbo that's in there that would be just a blast to rocket down the street. And then perhaps a little bit selfish of me, I'm hoping that in 2019 we find out what the fuck is going on with this mid-engine GM sports car nonsense. I'm still hoping to the nth degree that it's not a Corvette, that it is a Cadillac first. 
but if that is the direction that the Corvette must go in, the show must go on. So maybe, perhaps, we will see some of that in the very near future as well. But what are you most excited about in 2019? I'd be curious to hear. You can drop me a line here on Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. And you can also reach out to me, Brad like on Twitter at twitter.com slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. Uh, we do a more regular version of this podcast on Fridays normally. Uh, we talk about car news, car culture, and car whatever. And we also do a car shopping podcast called the salvage title car buyer's guide where we break down a selection of vehicles in any given segment choose the top three best options and then add a fourth one for flavor that fourth one might not necessarily be the best car in the segment but it's one that's at the very least worth a look uh, because it does something a little bit differently Uh, we haven't done one of those in a while we're overdue to do some things uh, particularly with the compact car segment i think this new tiny crossover segment deserves a look where it's neither a crossover nor a tall hatchback and perhaps there needs to be a pickup truck segment in the very near future so with all that in mind guys i hope you have a great rest of your week have a fantastic wednesday if you're listening on wednesday and we will see you again hopefully on friday later this week before we kick off the weekend until next time guys have a great week